Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPolcito, and we are joined by the Celtics Files' own Justin Trombino. Justin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course, of course, of course. So want to dive into a recap of Summer League here. We've got five games down. We had some guys show out, have some guys that have already gotten added to contracts, uh, but want to hear your thoughts overall. Who stood out to you? What are your thoughts on the the Celtics summer league as a whole? Yeah, um, I mean, despite the record, I, I I always enjoy summer league, and I you know there's always something some takeaways that, you know you take from it. I I was focused on JD Davison, you know, given the whole point guard situation. I I was curious to see how he progressed, and I'm not I'm not so worried about the the turnovers that he had because of just you know the the, the construct of a summer league team sometimes you know this is kind of how it goes um i was more looking at kind of what he focused on what they focused on with him in maine last year which i thought he he thrived well in with the high pick and roll lobbing to the big man he needs a big man i i feel like i noticed in summer league with him he needs to have that that rim threat out there um but i, I did like uh you know, kind of what we saw from everybody else, Chase Grubb. I think he earned that two-way contract. Um, there, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of different guys out there. I think they they had too many guys that they wanted to to look at. And I, I know that, that they just didn't have enough time to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I thought it does. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, they, they brought on Kamar Baldwin. And I heard what you said about him in um, one of your last podcasts. I, I think they know what they have with him at, at this point. He's been in Maine, um, but uh, it was kind of shocking to not really see him get too much run. Um, so I'm I'm curious because you the name that you focused on or said you were focusing <laughs> on was J.D. Davis, and I'm curious I'm curious why because for me I I kind of came out of summer league with a slightly different point of view uh on jd davison but sure me, I, I didn't really i didn't really think it was a a good summer league for him and obviously you say you don't focus too much on the turnovers but for me it looked like when delano banton came back like from his injury actually got in uh they kind of gave the ball to him at, to run the point more and then honestly at points in th- throughout the game we also saw Jay Scrub bringing the ball up and not J.D. Davison. So I feel like after the first couple of games, it almost looked like they kind of lost a little bit of faith and just said, okay, other guys, Jay Scrub, Banton, whoever it may be, start bringing the ball up more. So I'm curious your thoughts, because obviously that was the the guy for you that you were paying attention to. Yeah, I was paying attention to him a lot. And I <clears throat> they, they focused – with him in Maine on the high pick and roll, running the big with the big. And I'm not saying that, you know, Boston's shying away from, or Boston's going to shy away from that. But I don't think what JD is used to doing is what they did in the summer league. And I think that is kind of uh, why he struggled so much in terms of turnovers and playmaking. But when I say playmaking, um, I mean, he, he did, I think he was third overall in assists 
um, for summer league. Yeah, seven point two led the team by far. So yeah, right. I get that part. He he, you know he he can make plays. Um, definitely still a raw product, I think, though coming out of it. Um, the two way, you know, heading into the summer because I was really high on him in Maine this this past season. Um, I thought he was going to be competing for a roster spot in Boston, and I don't think Boston thought that at all. Um, you know. No, and and they're still they're still thin at the point guard position. Frankly, you've got I mean, with Marcus Smart leaving, he was by far your most creative passer, by far your best passer. Uh, losing him, obviously, you, you know what you lost on the defensive end, but from an offensive standpoint, I think you kind of went underrated in a sense because a lot of people focused on the bad, like the negative. They focused on him taking bad threes over and over. Uh, they didn't really focus on the the shots that he was creating. And when you talk about the high pick and roll, there's nobody else on this roster. Like Derek White doesn't really run the pick and roll that often. Marcus Smart thrived in that environment. Uh, J.D. Davison can thrive in that environment. And you are right. There's nobody on that summer league roster that he was running a high pick and roll with. There just weren't enough talented bigs going out and kind of performing in that environment. So for him, I, I do get it, but I don't know. For me, it just seems like Banton was so much higher on the priority list as far as like showing what he got. And obviously only played, I don't know what, two games. Cause he missed the first one or two because of the injury. Didn't play the last one. Cause I think they just knew what they had. They saw what they needed to see. They they liked what they saw, and he's already on a contract, so it didn't really make too much of a difference. So I guess that makes sense overall. Um, the name for me that I was like I was more focused on was Jordan Walsh, right? So new draft pick coming in, already signed to a deal, right? And it's the second round exception deal basically means he has the ability to float between Boston and Maine. He can play as many games as he want at, with either club, can play in the playoffs, has that like true flexibility. And he signed to four years. So the Celtics clearly saw something in this kid uh, and want to develop him. Curious what your thoughts are on, on his game throughout Summer League and kind of the role that you might see moving forward from him. Yeah, I, excuse me, I really enjoyed Jordan Walsh and the value that they got him at 38 and, you know, the multiple trade backs um, to, to end up with Jordan Walsh that I could be the steal or a steal of the draft right now anyway. I mean, he was one of the best players and he, should, he played well in summer league. Um, defensively, I think we know what we're getting with him um, somewhat. I love his size. I love the space he can he can uh, just cover um, on his own. I think he obviously. I think he needs to gain some weight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of the skill, I mean, it's all there. I mean, I, he wasn't advertised offensively, and at Arkansas, they they didn't really need too much of that from him. From what I hear from uh, Eric Musselman. The head coach over there. Yep. Um, they, they focus on other aspects of his game and skills that he has uh, w- w- with the other guys that they have on the court. 
they they had a lot of NBA prospects on the court uh, his his uh, last year at uh, Arkansas. Um, I think he's going to end up spending more time in Boston than in than in Maine. I think I think there's a real purpose for him, and I, I think kind of given the way the roster is shaping up, I think they kind of need to need hit need to hit on him even more so than it already looks like they have. Yeah. So for me, you you look at stature wise, him coming into the league very similar to Jason Tatum. Obviously, not not gonna say that Jason Tatum is as gifted on the defensive end. Not gonna say Jordan Walsh is as gifted on the offensive end. They're very very different players, right? But if you're looking just pure stature, they're both tall, lanky, long, athletic guys, and. It, I don't know. I'm just looking at the progression that we have seen with Jason Tatum going from that really skinny, almost, you know, uh, he had a little bit more meat to him than Kevin Durant, but very similar structure to now. Like he's a pretty muscular dude. And Jason Tatum, like from a strictly game planning, meal planning, I don't know, gym routine standpoint. I think can really help Jordan Walsh because if Jordan Walsh gets to a point where he can put on, you know, another 20 pounds of just muscle, like I'm not saying go out and eat all of the, all of the crap that you want and eat thousands of calories, kind of like Zion Williamson did. I'm not (laughs) saying that's the case, but if he does it right and treats his body the way that Jason Tatum has over these, you know, four years, Jordan Walsh could be a huge get. Uh, you're right. I do think he needs to put some weight on. Like, I think there were points in this summer league, not again, not really on the defensive end as much, but you started a lot on the offensive end. He didn't really drive to the rim a ton, especially early on. It started to develop as summer league kind of progressed, but there were points where he would drive into the paint and get swallowed up. And a lot of that just comes down to the fact that he can't, push through a lot of these guys his footwork excellent on the defensive end excellent on the defensive end uh he just doesn't have the strength that i think is needed in a much more physical nba game compared to the the college level uh but overall i mean he's he definitely does have the talent when you're losing guys like marcus smart like grant williams who really hung their hat on the defensive end as good as Grant Williams was from a, you know, a three point shot perspective. He was a guy that hung his hat on being able to defend every position. He's a very versatile defender. Jordan Walsh can give you a little bit of that. He's not really going to be able to defend bigs at the NBA level until he puts on some size though. So that for me was the one thing that I'm kind of looking forward to from his progression, it's more so like working with a guy like Jason Tatum who has done it similar, you know, body stature, at least. So that to me is one of the things that I'm looking at. I do slightly differ from you in a sense that I don't, I don't see him being a huge value player this year. I see him as playing more in Maine. I think he's going to be at a lot of the Celtics games, but I really see him as more of a special case scenario. Like there's five seconds left on the clock and you need a stop. 
Like, I think you can throw him out there and give you a little bit of length to cover some space. So that to me is more of the situation that I kind of see him playing. And I don't know if he's going to be a, a daily rotational player. I just, I don't, I don't know if we've seen that progression yet. If the shot falls the way that it fell in summer league, I could be completely wrong. And all of that could absolutely happen. Uh, because frankly, I mean, like he was a 40% three point shooter in summer league. That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. Right. Like he came into the league. He had very little expectation on the offensive end. He hung his hat on the defensive end and that was about it. But he came in and the things that I was looking for, similar to how you were talking about J.D. Davison, uh, the things I was looking for for him was strictly confidence, whether or not he's going to be like double clutching his threes or catch and shooting, going up with it, no worries. He showed a lot of confidence getting his shot up and just not caring. And he said yeah. that the Celtics were kind of forcing him to do that, which I like. Um, so you're, I don't know. It's going to be a, it's definitely a good pick. I'm excited about it for now. There's certainly more to develop. Uh, but as far as like Jordan Walsh goes, I think it's a, a really solid overall pickup, especially that late in the draft and being able to accumulate, I don't know, seven picks or whatever it amounted to after the fact is pretty incredible on top of it. Yeah, so. the whole the whole thing is pretty great. I think there's uh there, I think there is um some some reason in Brad Stevens' world why he didn't like give him a two-way contract or like like he gave him that that spot and the flexibility. I think I think he's thinking long run or long long picture um, for this for the for the playoffs. I think he wants him around in the playoffs. Doesn't have to worry about bouncing around in the roster flexibility at that point in the in the year. Um, so I, I I do think um, I know I know it's pretty early and you know he had he had the great summer league, but I do think big picture, um, Brad Stevens would hope that he's at a point where he could be available in the playoffs if, if they need him. Yeah. Um, I do agree with the special like circumstance thing, but um, I do think he's going to get more than like a, like a five second end of the game uh, buzzer, you know, buzzer beating type of thing. Cause I think they want to prepare him for the big moment in the playoffs, you know, if they need it. Um, so I do think there, there's always a, uh, you know, long game here. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's certainly fair. So right now, the Celtics are at a point where we've got Jordan Walsh, Banton already signed to their contracts. Uh, You've got J.D. Davison. You've got Jay Scrub, both signed to two ways. We haven't talked about Scrub yet. Uh, I've been super high on this guy. I thought as far as talent goes on this summer league roster, like, Honestly, I thought he was at the top of that list. He's a guy for me that was not scared to drive to the rim. The shot was there, but not all of his shots came from beyond the arc. Like he was very much a drive first type of guy. And for me, I love it. We saw him pull up in the mid range a lot. Love it. 
Like those to me still higher percentage shots than pull up threes. We certainly saw that from him, but I'm curious your thoughts uh, on Jay Scrub, him signing the two way deal uh, and just his play overall. Yeah. Uh- I was really sh- surprised with 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 Scrub. Uh, he played with extreme uh, extreme poise, um, and I think he's only in his second year, right? I mean, this is his second year. He played last year in the in the G League. Um, I think I, I, it's actually funny. I, I put out a tweet today saying I, I think Jay Scrub could end up like a, with a Sam Hauser type of contract, where mid season they bump him up to the act, yep. uh, to Boston and uh everything about him like you said you know he could have you know he's a dry first guy i love his size i think he's six five and over 200 um just i was a little worried about the three-pointer um when i looked at his stats i think he was like below 30 percent last year um with the lakeland magic and um you know 40 percent the summer league yeah maybe he worked on a shot um after the after the season because i mean he, he he looked really just all around on both sides of the ball too. I saw um, Bobby Manning caught up with him at some point during the during summer league, and he said he wanted to split, uh, put on a show of what he can do on the defensive end. And um, I think he showed that he can play both sides when needed. Um, I like I like that he's a lefty. <laughs> um, Different look. Uh, yeah, I like him a lot. Um, I think he's consistent. Um, and he certainly wasn't in summer league. I think he, uh, I think his lowest point score was fifteen. Um, I think so. Yeah, I mean, he he played really really well. I think it was a great signing on the two way, um, and I think he ends up in Boston later on in the in the year. So I am right with you there. Like I I genuinely thought that he was a guy that one hundred percent needed at least a two way but almost could have gotten one of those final spots uh, with the big league. So right now the Celtics have 14 guys under contract uh, for this current year. Champagne is actually technically one of them, but it's a non-guaranteed contract. Curious your thoughts, because right now we've got Champagne who played okay during summer league. Uh, Not going to say it was, he played what he he rebounded really well, right? I think that's the the easiest thing to say about him. But I think for me, when I was watching a lot of these games, he drove in, missed a ton of layups, but was so gifted a, a rebounder at that level at least that he ended up getting a lot of his misses and getting putbacks, and that's and that's where to me it looked like almost half of his points came from. He had yeah. a couple games. He had a couple games where the three point shot was falling, uh, but for me, it seemed like still getting bodied, bullied uh, a couple times at the rim. Again, fortunately, has a nose for the ball. Can't really, can't really teach that. I mean, he, I don't know, holds his own on the on the rebounding side of things. But I don't know. It just seemed like for me, I'm I'm not sure if he's good enough to keep as a, a standard NBA contract guy. Uh, but curious your thoughts. I mean, the Celtics at 14 with like, including Champagne, it does give the Celtics a little breathing room. We still have the ability to, you know, bring on a minimum contract guy, uh, you know, or sign, you know, a guy like Jay Scrub. So curious your thoughts on 
Champagne taking a rock roster spot or potentially moving on from that? So I'm not particularly high on Champagne. Um, he, he does have the non-guaranteed. Um, <clears throat> I think for his size and for wing depth as they, that they would want, you know, they need from him. I just don't think he can score the ball with, with the best of them. And I think that just, you know, doesn't cut it for the wing position or for what Boston needs him for in terms of depth. Getting rebounds is great, but, you know. <laughs> uh, it's a different game. It's a different yeah. game, right? Like summer league, you're playing against right. G, league, G League guys. NBA, much bigger bodies. He's not going to be able to find open air as much as he is in an NBA game. So that's why I think the rebounding thing is just so tough. Yeah. And I, I was, I was, to be honest with you, I, I was disappointed that Brad Stevens even signed him last year. Um, and, and that's what makes me nervous about having these pretty high caliber guys on two ways is because they don't get utilized properly in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I thought, you know, Brad should have uh, brought up Kevin Galley last year. Um, not Champagne. He signed Champagne from some other G League team. He wasn't even in Maine, from what I, if I understand that correctly. I, I think he shot over 50% from the field. I think that was the intrigue, but it just hasn't really panned out here. Um, I'm all set <laughs> with Champagne, to be completely honest with you. I don't like that he's on a roster spot. Um, I think in a couple weeks, like the first week of August, um, he's guaranteed 50K and they can hold him un- until like January for under a million. So if they truly value like some of his skills, like the rebounding, um, other than a roster spot, it's not going to cost them too much dollar wise. But per the new CBA, teams have to carry at least 14 guys. So you can't leave that those two extra spots open like they did last year for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just don't know if he's even worth keeping on the for a roster spot. I think, you know, we talk about the depth. I think the depth's going to be even more important this year. So yeah, he could be an end of the bench guy, but I do think he has a real role, and I just don't think he can perform for it in Boston. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much right there with you. Um, the big question, though, from Summer League, right, with the new CBA, we're allowed three two-way spots. We've got two guys signed to them. Champagne can't now. Um, I actually didn't realize that earlier, but because he has, because he's on a standard contract, can't go back. Uh, at least that's my understanding of it. Uh, with that being said, I wasn't overly impressed with the rest of the guys there are a couple i think that you know you might be able to give a shot to but for me i think it's important that you do because if you have the ability to sign two-way guys i think you should take advantage of that because it it eliminates the whole point like let's say let's say one of them does have a standout year and they're not on a two-way deal let's just say they get a regular main celtics roster spot right that person then goes off, right? There is nothing stopping the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, whatever, to go and sign them. Because as much as they're the main Celtics, there's no allegiance because they're not on an NBA 
contract. So for me, if you have a two-way spot, you got to hand it out. Doesn't really hurt you as far as cap holds go. So be it. Throw out as many of them as you can. Uh, Is there another guy from Summer League that impressed you enough that you'd be open to giving that third spot to? If we're talking just about the the Boston Celtics, like the, the guys they had on their Summer League team, yeah, I mean, unless you have another guy across the NBA that played well that has not already been signed to one. Right. Uh, I don't, but <laughs> I just wanted to, to make sure. Um, there, there's three guys, actually, that I have in mind. Um, they're already with Maine, or at least two of them are. Um, Reggie Kis- Kisunlaw, I believe. Yep, that's how you, yep. sort of sounds right. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of Reggie. Um, he he offers something that I don't think they really have. Well, maybe with Przingis now, but he to me, and this is a really really generous comp, but he resembles a lot of Al Horford to me. He's just like a really mobile, just quality big. He does a lot, you know. He's yeah. he's he plays both ends. He steals. He passes. He can score. He can. He can shoot. Um, I like him a lot, and uh, um, I watched him last year in May, and I, I, I might have a little little thing for him, so maybe, maybe that's why I'm saying that. But I, I think he played well. Um, and, uh, yeah. Big think, body, can shoot. Yeah. Um, the other one, so so to that would be uh, Yudoka Azubuki. Um, I was sort of intrigued when they signed him before Summer League. Um, I think – he was with the Jazz for a while, uh, for a couple years. Yep. Um, I liked him. I, I thought he was a solid guy. Um, kind of offers what the Celtics typically look for in their bigs. Um, so, so I kind of like that. And Sam Griesel, I think is how you say his name. Um, yep. I think he was with Maine for a little bit last year. I like the I like the pace that he plays with. Um, he dry, He's a drive first guy. Um, kind of big. Uh, for, for the position and uh, he can shoot he, he's a really great shooter um so any of those three but i mean like you said um just because they're in maine doesn't mean it's not stopping any other team if they are really intrigued with them to you know sign yeah. them offer them a deal or something um but the main system i think is, is pretty high class uh, i really enjoy what they're doing over there um but yeah, yeah i mean as far I, as I really development like the goes definitely yeah, I like the team they have there. Um, we talked about about him a little bit earlier, but Kamar Baldwin, um, if, if you've w- watched Maine a little bit, he, he puts on a show. Um, it, it was kind of disappointing to see that he didn't get too much summer run, but I do think they kind of know what he what he brings. And to be honest, uh, I don't see why he shouldn't get a two-way deal. If, if I'm looking at the Maine team, why not? So so here's, here's kind of where my brain's been going. I am in the camp that the Celtics need to continue to add wing depth because as good as Jordan Walsh was, like, I don't know that immediately that's going to be a a huge upgrade. And when you look at the loss of Grant Williams and Marcus Smart, I obviously Marcus Smart wasn't a big wing player, but last year there was, you know, frankly, no depth at the wing position. We'd throw Sam Hauser out there. We'd throw Grant Williams out there. That was it. Uh, 
without Grant Williams, like Sam Hauser, he's been good, right? But he's not the only guy that you can have as a wing depth replacement. So for me, and I, again, I don't know if it's even something that you can really look for and be like, okay, yeah, he can he can help now. It's I, I don't know if it's a, an immediate thing, but there were two guys on the summer league team that you know I thought played well enough, but I certainly have plenty of reservations around them. And it's Justin Bean and then Vincent Valerio Bowden. Yeah. Both of those guys for me, you know, long, fast, good cutters. Justin Bean, six seven, Valerio Bowden, six nine, both over two hundred. Uh, they both can shoot. Valerio Bowden can put the ball on the floor. My concern about him only played one game. Don't know why. Like, I don't know if he's that far down on the depth chart that the coaches had absolutely no faith in him whatsoever. But the minutes that he played, he turned the ball over a lot. Not going to, not going to negate that fact. He looked really good out there. Like that final summer league game for me, I thought he was the best player on the court. And granted, like Jordan Walsh, uh, limited minutes, Banton didn't play, Champagne didn't play. So there weren't a ton of guys to choose from, but Valerio Bowden for me, like I thought he went out, had the best game on the team, which confuses me as to why we didn't see him up until the final game. Same with Kasunla, though, for that, for that matter. Like, he was another guy. Didn't really get run until the very end. And again, same thing. Had a good showing. So those are the two guys that I'm kind of looking at. Justin Bean, we saw a little bit of. Uh, and as much as he looks like Duncan Robinson, he also plays a very <laughs> similar game to Duncan Robinson. Uh, can shoot. Good cutter. Saw a lot of backdoor cuts from him. Uh, doesn't really put the ball on the floor too much but we did see him pull up a couple of mid ranges uh, pull up off of the dribble. So he has shown a little bit of it. Uh, but for me, it's like, you've, I think you got to try and get more into the wing depth at this point. Cause you've got Jay scrub, you've got JD Davison, both are guards. Uh, I want someone with a little bit more size. And that's why, I mean, you, you brought up Kamar Baldwin and, for me, like I just I don't know if he's if you gotta pick one between Kamar Baldwin and JD Davison, you're still probably going with JD Davison. So for me, it's like I, again, I know that's not really the choice. You don't have to pick one, but you're going same position here. Both kind of undersized. Well, JD Davison is stocky as all hell for a, a point guard. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Kamar Baldwin, six one. You know, he doesn't really have Huge NBA height, J.D. Davison at least you know got a couple inches on him. So 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 with wing depth and the way that we see like the Celtics you know play basketball at times, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if that you know they're gonna try Banton out in that wing area from time. Um, you know when you He's look at the, the point guard, yeah, I mean he has the size I think right and the length. Um, when you look at the point guard position, I mean. You have Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon and Peyton Pritchard right now. And we know Pritchard, you know, he shoot. He, he's a great shooter. Um, unsure about the playmaking ability from Derek White 
to be, you know, like a the full-time facilitator. And we know Malcolm Brogdon can do um, from that position when he has the time. Um, I think the point, I'm not so worried about the point guard position. I, I just don't know how much value Banton's going to add to the point guard position. I, I think there's other things in mind for him, so to say. And I think you're right about the wing, the wing depth, though. Um, you know, outside of Brown and Tatum, who and you know you have Hauser, but and then you bring up the de- the defensive side of it as well. Um, and you have to play both sides. It 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 gets really thin. Yeah, um, I mean, so I know is, I know on paper sorry. you've got Sam Hauser's you know wing depth, <laughs> right? But like man, again, mainly that's because of his size. He's a shooter. Like he's a he's a shooter. Like he's yeah. not a guy that's really playing out on the wing. Like you gotta play him at a smaller position. So it's it's kind of tough to plug him in just from a defensive standpoint. So right. I don't know. That's why for me, it's like try to get someone developed at that wing position. So Justin Bean could be it. Uh, Valerio Ban again or Bowden. We don't. We didn't really see him a ton. Yeah, I uh, so I like both of those options. guys. Yeah, I like I like uh, Bean. Uh, he cuts well. Um, fearless for for you know his stature. And uh, Valero Bowden, Bowden, um, I actually wrote an article about him because I really was intrigued when I found out that he was joining the summer league team. Forget where he was last year, somewhere overseas, but he averaged, he nearly averaged a 50, 40, 90 and playing high caliber defense on the other end. He reminded me, um, you know, kind of like what Marcus Smart, all those little things he does on the court, um, he, he did last year. Um, so it, it was intriguing and then it was kind of disappointing. Like you said, why do you only get that one game? Um, is he that far behind in terms of the NBA? Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Maybe, maybe he ends up in Maine. I do think a lot of these guys are going to end up in Maine. Um, yeah. but, uh, I mean, we'll see, but you're right about the wing depth. It, you know, it, it gets thin and you, you do have to think about the defense. Um, yeah. and as everybody's been pointing out, they've been, um, doing less switching on the defensive end, and at least in summer league, and did more zone. Um, Curious to see if that translates to the NBA. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. <laughs> so, so we'll see what happens there, and if you know, guys like Hauser can can get in, um, you know, just a little less strenuous of a workload on defense. I guess. Um, yeah. For, for guys like that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the overall roster, I, I, I think they're missing a Bulldog. They lost two Bulldogs. They're only Bulldogs um, in Marcus Martin, Grant Williams. And that makes me a little nervous. Um, we haven't seen it from Tatum yet. We haven't really seen much of that from Brown. Um, but, uh, you know, I hear uh, the, with the last roster spot or the final roster spot, they should get a vet. They need the vet. They need the leadership. They need this. They need, they need that. Well, that's what everybody was saying after they lost Marcus Smart. That this, that's kind of why uh, that way Tatum and Brown could feel comfortable blossoming into that role. So yeah. I don't really get that. And at this point, they're they're experienced vets. I mean, they're heading into year what seven and eight. So I don't buy into that whole. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly <laughs> certainly fair. It's certainly fair. But yeah, I mean that's uh. I think that's a pretty good recap of, of summer league here. I do want to connect with you again at some point. Once yeah. we see some news about Jalen Brown, cause still no extension there. 
there's still the roster spot to fill. So we'll have you back on at some point here, talk about, you know, the off season and kind of heading into uh, this next NBA season. But uh, I do appreciate you hopping on the podcast here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Um, I appreciate it. Um, I really enjoy the podcast. Uh, to be honest, I, I think you have, you have a couple of them that I've heard, but I think you have the best intro in the podcast, uh, in the Celtics podcast game. I, Corrales I has a really nice that. one, but uh, yours yeah. is just great. So it's keep that uh, up. it's a it's a guy from, that but... I found on my <laughs> Facebook page. He uh, right. he posted it. Canopus is his name. Uh, okay, great guy. But yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, Justin. Well, I will talk to you soon. Celtics fans, if you haven't done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Justin, you can float yourself here too. Yeah, uh, give me a follow, uh, Trembino20, or uh, I'm, I'm really active on Celtics Files. I'm trying to grow that account. So uh, follow me there, interact with me. Love talking to Celtics fans. All right, guys. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it, green and white, white and green, who are we the Celtics, who are we the Celtics, who are we the Celtics?